Welcome to the Surf and Stars Social Club podcast. I'm your host, Celestina. I'm an astroanalyst and life coach with a special interest in relationships and family dynamics. This is a show about reimagining and re-enchanting relationships with ourselves, with others, and with the world. Welcome to episode two of the Surf and Stars Social Club podcast. Okay. Today I wanted to talk about the planet Jupiter. For me personally, when I first started working with the natal chart and the planets, Jupiter was described as the greater benefic, and it was the planet where looking at it in the natal chart, there would be wealth, success, luck. And um, that's all great. The more that I started working with the supposedly malefic planets like Mars and Pluto and Saturn and really starting to tease out their benefits and how they could help us grow and become ourselves more fully, the more I began to get curious, like if these bad planets had all these neutral and good aspects and ways of interpreting them, then what about these good planets or these neutral planets like Jupiter and Venus? Did they maybe have a shadow side or a dark side that I was ignoring and looking at maybe one a little too one-dimensionally? So I have to say, I am a Pluto person. I'm actually a Pluto-Saturn person. In my birth chart, I have Pluto conjunct Saturn And both of these planets are squaring my sun. So I am a person, I wouldn't call myself pessimistic, but I am cautious, I am skeptical, I am fearful, and I naturally tend towards being curious about shadow and even being comfortable in shadow um, because of the way my identity is written. Um, All of this to say, Sometimes I'm scared of publishing or sharing my work because I feel like such a negative Nancy. I feel like I am constantly focusing on stuff that is like negative or shadowy or or scary. Like, for example, I can't stop talking about Pluto transits. And I feel like a lot of times people come to astrology for like hope and excitement and for these like exciting revelatory, like glittery validations of themselves. And I'm the person who's like, when Pluto transits, there will be irrevocable loss. It's almost guaranteed. Um, And I'm sorry, but also not sorry. Because my perspective, I don't actually find the shadow that bad. I actually think shadow work is really necessary to get to the good stuff. By working with the shadow, we can actually get genuine access to and enjoyment of the light versus like constantly escaping into the light as a bypass of shadow. That is actually a shadow experience of light, if that makes sense. So um, let's go ahead. Today, I want to kind of Focus in on Jupiter. Jupiter is, like I said earlier, seen as such a benefic, such like a can't go wrong, can do nothing bad planet, which is actually very true of the archetype. The mythological archetype of Jupiter is the king of the gods, Zeus. 
And it's so interesting because we generally have this very benevolent, positive view of Zeus. Like he was a good guy. He was very special. He was the king of the gods. And then when you look at these individual myths that he appears in, he's actually acting like an asshole, but like getting away with it. Like it's being reframed or he's not being blamed or the story arc actually emphasizes another character. So he'll, you know, trigger warning, rape women <laughs> all day long. And, um, and the way that the story is told, it is not a story about violation. It's a story about something else. So it's really interesting how much Jupiter gets away with that when you take a closer look at it, there is actually something problematic there. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. That can actually be one of the shadow expressions of Jupiter in the chart. It's this kind of the ends justify the means, or I can get away with anything, or I can create any moral construct I need where the action I've taken is spun in a certain way um, that lets me off the hook. I do, um, for everyone who's an astrologer, a budding astrologer, it feels like usually when we look at someone's natal chart, especially if we only have access to this person for one reading, um, if we have to make a choice about the information that we're presenting, which we usually do, the natal chart is so full of information and we have a limited amount of time with our client, it does seem like Saturn definitely gets a lot of attention. Um, and at least for me personally, you know, if I had to make a choice between Saturn and Jupiter, Saturn is the planet that I would choose to emphasize in the chart analysis or choose to share more about in the chart analysis. But I want to encourage both myself and all the astrologers listening to start taking a closer look at Jupiter in the chart with this kind of work and meditating I've been doing on Jupiter. I have begun to find it to be just as important as Saturn. Um, so I do feel that it gets dismissed. Um, but a lot of times it shows up in a way that presents challenge, right? It's not just a benefic and it encourages self-awareness and growth just like any other planet. Um, so I wanted to make kind of a list of how I see Jupiter functioning in charts as more of like a challenging planet rather than just like, oh, this is where you're going to have a lot of luck or a lot of blessings. So. This is an inexhaustive list, um, just to be clear, and I'm curious if anyone else has anything to add to it. Um, and I do just want to say that it, it's all a balance. Like, we don't want to focus entirely on Jupiter's positive side. We don't want to focus entirely on Jupiter's shadow side. But I think to not have the shadow side of Jupiter in our awareness, at least, is short-sighted. And it's not the complete story of what is actually a very complex planet, right? Just thinking about the solar system, thinking about astrology from an astronomical perspective, Jupiter is the largest planet out of them all. And it's also the planet that is closest 
to all the personal planets as we start moving out through the social planets and the transpersonal planets. Um, just something to put in your pipe and smoke. Okay, so first thing on the list is this idea that Jupiter has a very strong morality and that can actually undermine Jupiter's pleasure. So what do I mean by that? Jupiter is one place where pleasure and morality can actually be at war. So one way to reconcile pleasure and morality can be this concept of hedonism, which is literally a type of ethics where pleasure is seen as good and proper and prioritized. But hedonism is not something that we have good counsel or modeling around in our culture. And so what usually happens when pleasure and morals are at odds, and I do think morals, a moral code or a moral system can definitely vary from individual to individual. But when we look at it societally, this sense of morality that we've inherited and that is kind of pervasive and normative in our society is very puritanical. It's very ascetic. It's kind of like hedonism and pleasure and selfishness is bad, is kind of one very oversimplified way to state it. Um, so what usually happens when pleasure and morals are at odds, which is what is culturally happening for us, is this kind of dance between deprivation and then gluttony, back and forth. So we deprive ourselves because pleasure is bad or, you know, we starve ourselves um, and then our willpower runs out because it always runs out. And then we binge on this pleasure that we were restricting, which leads to this odd indulgence where there's so much guilt and shame around finally accessing the pleasure that there ironically ends up being no pleasure at all, despite our plunge into excess. So to me, one shadow side of Jupiter is this kind of binging, gluttony, lack of willpower that comes out of this shadow relationship to pleasure, where we're really moralizing, creating this moral code where pleasure or indulgence is bad. So one thing that I think is going to become apparent as we move through these items on my list around kind of Jupiter's more complex and challenging side is that Jupiter is very closely linked with some kind of morality or ethics. And it's um, important to get conscious around that because a lot of times we just kind of unconsciously assume or operate with some sort of um, morality or ethical code and things can get twisted up pretty easily if that part of us that is judging what is right and wrong and what is good and bad is kind of unconscious, unquestioned, and unexamined. And that's where we can get this behavior where there's this deprivation and then binging, deprivation and binging. And until we examine the pattern and see where that's coming from and maybe change some beliefs 
change the ethics structure, change the moral code, we are just going to be repeating a pattern that is problematic. So along those lines, Jupiter, at least to me, one way of lensing it, and it's not always going to show up in everyone's chart in the same way. So just caveat, and you know, I trust that you guys are all intelligent and have a lot of self-authority and self-trust, but it's important to say that Jupiter is not going to show up in everyone's chart the same way. Not all of these shadows are going to show up every time we see Jupiter. In fact, maybe none of them will. Um, it's always important to read this planet in the context of the entire natal chart and all the aspects it's making, what the other planets are doing, etc., etc. Okay, that being said, it's possible that Jupiter can actually create even more shame than Saturn, in my humble opinion. Let me go more deeply into that. As I was saying, um, there's this close connection between morals and ethics with Jupiter. Jupiter governs ethics and morality because Jupiter governs philosophies, systems, laws, and codes. And Jupiter also governs religions for the same reasons as above. They are a type of system. Um, so kind of the intersection of religion or spirituality and of law and philosophy and code is this idea of morals and ethics. So Jupiter loves to sort things into binaries that are actually very judgy. With Jupiter, we very, very often get this binary of what is good versus bad, what is right versus wrong. And then a third binary is what is true versus what is false. It's subtle, but Jupiter energy and Jupiter contacts in the chart can carry an undercurrent of this type of judgment. Literally the same feeling of standing before God and being judged. Am I deserving? Am I good or bad? Was that right or wrong? In addition to judging ourselves, like if Jupiter is contacting a personal planet, especially uh, with an aspect of resistance, like the square or the opposition, um, we can also be subtly and maybe unconsciously judging others and external situations and events, again, with this unconscious ethical or moral code that we have um, just kind of appropriated, usually via a societal myth or a family myth or a societal or f familial norm. Um, this is why the opposite sign of Sagittarius, and the reason I'm pulling Sagittarius in now is because Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. So the opposite sign of Sagittarius, and so Sagittarius has lots of Jupiter-like characteristics and similarities to kind of Jupiter. Anyways, opposite sign of Sag, Gemini, is often seen as very amoralistic, as detached, trickstery. One of the most common stereotypes about Gemini is that they're two-faced and deceptive and not to be trusted and inconsistent. Um, but it's interesting because even seeing Gemini in that light is seeing it through the judgment of Sagittarius. When we look at Gemini, hopefully a little bit more neutrally, which is actually a very Gemini way of looking at things, we can see that Gemini merely observes and collects data 
and merely goes towards its curiosity. And there is actually just a very neutral and curious energy to Gemini that lens through Sagittarius can come off as detached, deceptive, and inconsistent, but that's only through that lensing. So other keywords to watch out for with Jupiter are feeling blessed or privileged and what kind of judging or judgment around hierarchy or deservedness that comes up with those words. So a lot of times you can be like, oh, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. Like God has blessed us. I am favored. I am one of the favored people. Um, you know, I am in the God's good graces. And that's like a very like, uh, that's one way of looking at it where at least for ourselves, it's seen as positive, right? Like, oh yeah, like we're good, we're blessed. However, if we are using the word privileged now, then we are seeing our own blessing, our own luck, our own standing as something that is actually problematic. And like, we need to atone for the fact that we're privileged or we need to compensate in some way, um, especially with people who aren't quite as privileged as we are. So that's kind of two ways of looking at this same feeling, which is the feeling of being special and of being lucky. Um, so there is like another very subtle problem here with Jupiter, and it can look like not allowing ourselves our fullest, truest experience of pain because we're comparing it. We're doing something where we think, who are we to complain when others have it so much worse? Or again, it can go the opposite direction where we can constantly be diminishing other people's pain, negating other people's experience by comparing it to our own. And we are just deciding that our own experience is the truest. Our own experience is the most painful. Um, so this is very Jupiterian, this kind of pitting of our reality against someone else's reality or comparing our worldview to someone else's worldview. And it's actually lovely when we can do that very empathetically and objectively, but when we do it in this way, this kind of compare and despair way, it can bring a lot of issues where we either diminish someone else's pain or we diminish our own pain, or we invalidate someone else's experience or our own experience, this sort of thing. Um, Jupiter, this is our third shadow that we're getting to. There's this shadow of entitlement. Jupiter is impatient and it wants things to be easy and fast and fun. Jupiter can have a sense of entitlement, like we quote unquote deserve, which is a Jupiter keyword, something without having to work for it. With Jupiter, we want things to just fall in our lap. Another keyword for Jupiter is luck. We start judging ourselves as lucky or unlucky. But anytime you invoke luck, you are minimizing your own agency, which is a Saturn keyword to make your own luck. And then because we feel entitled, 
we feel as though we shouldn't have to work hard or endure any sort of setbacks or any type of deprivation. Um, this can bump us into a victim mentality where if we don't have this thing immediately handed to us, we are unwilling or don't know how to go out and get it for ourselves. And instead we just sit there complaining about how we don't have it. Or it can move us into a really graspy kind of demanding type of energy where we spend lots of energy wishing and complaining and saying how much we should have this thing instead of just taking that energy and spending it more wisely on quietly taking action and making steady progress towards this thing which no one is actually going to just hand to us. So that with this entitlement, there can be mental scripts that sound something like, I deserve this, this is my right to have, this should be easier, or things like that. Okay, next up as a Jupiter shadow. So Jupiter, um, as much as it's seen as a planet of opportunity and success, it can actually cause us to miss opportunities and lose out on success. So this is what I have to say about that. There is a sense with Jupiter that everything has to have some higher meaning. People with a lot of the Jupiter archetype are constantly looking for signs and affirmations from the universe that they are, quote, on the right path. There is this sense that if it's meant to happen, it will. And conversely, that if it doesn't feel aligned enough, then that's a red flag. So if doors aren't opening for us magically, or if there are a lot of obstacles or failures, or if there's a lack of progress, or if we kind of wane in enthusiasm, or like if it seems like the universe has kind of stopped supporting us um, in terms of whatever we're trying to manifest, we make that mean that it's, quote, not meant to be. And that is just not necessarily true. In this case, we can pull in some Saturn medicine and remind ourselves to just keep our heads down and keep going. And that just because the road isn't easy doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong, which is a judgment, or that we're not supposed to be here, or that we're not supposed to have this thing, or that this lack of perceived alignment means that just everything is completely wrong and we need to be looking somewhere completely else. <clears throat> so in other words, Jupiter can cause us to kind of quit and give up or um, decide that something is not for us a little too prematurely. Okay, next shadow, Jupiter can cause us to be closed-minded. So Jupiter loves to make meaning and to syncretize. But what this means is that we, if we encounter like some new data or new information that doesn't fit in with our previous values and our previous belief system, or if there's some information that we're like working with, but it's actually resisting our attempts at making a cohesive meaning or a cohesive narrative, then instead of just remaining curious and detached around it, which is Gemini energy, we are likely to label it wrong or untrue, 
which then gives us the go-ahead to discard that information as though it never existed in the first place. This type of rigidity around a pre-existing closed belief system or a particular worldview can easily turn into dogma. And if we are very enthusiastic about a particular set of ideas or beliefs, and this can be in any field, this can be religious or this can be scientific. Um, Jupiter can even take on a proselytizing or preaching nature where we are overstepping others' boundaries without realizing um, that we're doing that. We're just pushing our own ideas of what we think is the universal truth onto them, completely oblivious that they may not be receptive. Um, next shadow. So this kind of follows off the last one, but Jupiter can give us a God complex or it can give us a sense of hubris. Um, and hubris is literally that sense of you think you're more important and more correct than the gods. Like you are literally challenging your own fate. Um, so in a natal chart, when Jupiter is either on the ascendant or on the descendant, somewhere on that axis, or even if it's in the first or the seventh house, one way to read that placement, and this is just one way, is that that person might be prone to cheating. Like they might be kind of enthusiastic and greedy about pursuing relationship and um, may kind of overstep, again, like a moral code or an ethical code, or may just kind of shift that moral or ethical, ethical code to suit themselves. And like literally they won't be able to see how their behavior is hurting anyone else. Um, it will just feel like they're chasing something yummy and it's not that hurtful. So we can feel like any action that we take can be justified and is excusable, or we can even go so far as to label our action as good. Um, so we, I want to pull into this discussion at this point, the fact that the sign that Jupiter rules, Sagittarius, is a mutable sign. So mutability means there's like an ease and a flexibility with shifting and changing and updating. So that means that we, with Jupiter, there's this sneaky sort of ease around rewriting or shifting our code of ethics on a case-by-case -case basis always making sure the action that we wish to take or the action that we've taken is appropriate and condoned. So Jupiter or Sag can sometimes see itself as the ultimate authority. And it's interesting to think about how that constellates the Saturn polarity there because Saturn is also very concerned with authority. So even if the person um, in question ostensibly subscribes to a higher power or some external authority, they might have a script about how they are the only one who can interpret the higher power's messaging correctly, or that they are exempted from the code of conduct because the ends justify the means. Jupiter can make us very sure that we know best and that things will work out for us. Indeed, that things are, quote, meant to work out for us. And because of this belief, we might take actions that are a little aggressive and ethically questionable, but we filter them through Jupiter as totally appropriate and even noble. 
Jupiter can make us feel like we can, quote, get away with it, which is another thought that pulls in this Jupiterian idea of luck. Okay, the last shadow I want to be careful around because I'm going to use a mental, um, like a psychological or a psychiatric term, which is bipolarity. And I want to say that I am not saying that Jupiter automatically means that a person has this condition. Um, and I'm also not using this word in the like medical sense. There's, um, there's kind of a similarity, which is why I'm using that word, but I'm not using it like super literally and super medically, if that makes sense, just as a little caveat. So Jupiter can register as a bipolar-like pattern. Jupiter is naturally optimistic and idealistic. Jupiter sees all the possibilities and fun. There's the part of Jupiter that actually thinks it's totally doable and realistic to have all the dreams come true and all the peak experiences all the time. There's this like optimism and enthusiasm. So there is a type of high based on all the possibilities and the enthusiasm, but then there can be a crash when that doesn't come through. Like peak experiences are not meant to be sustained. So if things don't fall into place in a Jupiterian way, we can feel oddly cheated and depressed, especially if we've gotten really caught up in that Jupiterian feeling. Like we shot for the moon, we didn't even land amongst one star, so what's next? Why bother? There's this drop, like life feels bleak. We think why bother with anything at all if it's not going to be this Jupiterian ideal? There's a sense that if it feels hard or pointless, to settle into anything less than this magical vista that Jupiter shared when we were on this high. There can also be a sense of frustration and wanting to give up. With Jupiter, we feel like if we're doing, quote, all the right things, there shouldn't be, and that's again, this like sneaky and conscious moral code sneaking in. If we're doing all the right things, there shouldn't be suffering or setbacks or hardship. There's a type of implicit bargain where if the moral slash ethical codes are followed, then the perfect life or job or relationship should be the reward. And in reality, life does not work that way. And even if we are doing all the right things, life can and will still feel very unfair and painful oftentimes. So, with Jupiter, just be careful of this oscillation between like, yeah, I feel so good. I feel so optimistic. Anything's possible. I feel lucky. Like things are going my way. Um, and then when inevitably that doesn't sustain itself, this like depressive side where you're like, what's the point? I tried like I uh, just life sucks. I'm never going to be good. At, you know, like there's there's that kind of um, oscillation that's possible. So. I do think it's helpful. Um, so that's kind of all I wanted to say about Jupiter uh, shadow. And now I do want to kind of pull in the polarity planet to Jupiter, which is Saturn. Like Saturn and Jupiter are opposites of each other in a lot of ways. Um, and I think working with them both is the best way to bring out the healthy sides of both of them as opposed to the shadow sides. So. 
Saturn kind of initially on first take, before you begin working with it in a more complex way, there's this idea of it's a wound. It's the place where we want to give up and despair. It's the place where life feels restricted and hard and like we're not having a lot of success. And Jupiter, again, at first take, this greater benefic, it's the faith and the enthusiasm to keep going. So in those ways, they kind of balance each other, right? Like Saturn, when shit gets too hard, we want to give up. We can turn to Jupiter to just have the faith that things are going to work out and rekindle the enthusiasm to keep going. And then vice versa, where with Jupiter, like if things aren't coming easily enough or things don't feel aligned enough, we can turn to the Saturn medicine and just keep putting our head down and keep trusting that hard work and this commitment to not giving up is actually going to get us somewhere. So one kind of way of looking at this Saturn-Jupiter polarity is that Saturn is kind of this feeling of having too little faith. And Jupiter is this feeling of maybe having too much faith. <laughs> Another kind of way of looking at them comparing and contrasting Saturn can be a feeling of being afraid to ask for what we want because we want it so much where like the thought of not getting it is just crazy painful or Saturn can even be being afraid of what we want because there's like this weird shame around a Saturn desire. Jupiter, on the other hand, can be just asking for too much, being greedy, kind of demanding the moon and nothing less. And then being really unhappy if you get like a fraction of this impossible dream. Like you still got a fraction. That's amazing. But Jupiter can just have this like really um, like overly aspirational, overly greedy kind of vibe. So it's interesting because let's just take like some kind of a journey arc or like a progress arc. Early on, Saturn can be kind of where we give up easily. It can be like failure or obstacles. And early on in the journey is kind of where Jupiter, there's still that like faith, that optimism. Um, there's still that sense of possibility, like anything can happen. So it almost feels like early in this journey of undertaking some really big goal or task, um, Jupiter is kind of... Um, doing a lot of the work of, of giving us that faith, that enthusiasm, that sense of possibility. And Saturn is kind of the one that's like, oh, there, you know, any sense of failure or obstacle is kind of where I want to give up. But then later on, it feels like those roles swap. Like once we've gotten more comfortable of, around working with Saturn and trusting with Saturn, Saturn becomes that place where we don't give up easily, where we have a ton of perseverance and endurance and determination. And then Jupiter switches roles. And it's that place where we give up really easily because we have this sense of entitlement or luck and, um, and alignment. So I hope that was helpful just hearing about this side of Jupiter and also hearing a little bit about how Jupiter and Saturn can kind of work together. I think that's where I'm going to stop it and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. So registration for the Jupiter Storytelling um, Salon is closed. 
But if you're interested in doing Jupiter work with me, we can absolutely um, focus in on that in a one-on-one -on -one session or in um, an astro analysis adventure. Um, so to work with me now, there's astroanalysis, there's coaching, but I do have more workshops and courses launching soon. The best way to find out about those new offerings as they launch is to get on my mailing list or to follow me on social media. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a quick review, subscribing to the show, or sharing it with your friends. This is a beautiful reciprocity and generosity practice for yourself as well as a way to support content and content creators that you enjoy. To submit a question and be considered as a live astroanalysis guest on the podcast, visit my website. I'll link that in the show notes. It's surfstarssocial.club. And I think that's everything. Bye for now. Sending you much love. Until next time.